A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. Don't drag me. It's Israel that's never ready for this stuff. <laughs> what? Are you, Israel, are you ready? I'm ready. We started already. <laughs> Israel's not ready. Okay, His face said he ain't ready. Wow. <laughs> Yo, welcome <laughs> to season what? Season four? I'm actually coming for you. Of the Black Maria <laughs> podcast. Um episode 41, I believe. Uh shout out to DJ in the back. <laughs> uh but nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's on the panel today? I'm on the panel. That's Gabs, by the way. That's Gabs. Gabs is on the panel. This is Rich, by the way. <laughs> and obviously, Unready is Unready is is on the panel as well. Unready is. <laughs> is, that your thing? is that even a thing? That's weird. It's is. not I a like thing that. at all. Is 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 is. Uh, I've got. Uh, yeah, I've heard everything. You've heard everything. How um, you guys been anyway? Well, I've been. I've been good. I don't want to sound all gloomy. I was gonna do my usual. Um, you just came back from the US, bro. I was a while ago. But yeah, I did. How long ago? Two weeks. Actually, I don't know. Just came back from the US. Fair, 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 fair. Um, is this my is this my first episode since coming back? Oh right, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been good. It was, it was, it was really good. And I think when when I came back, the week I came back, it was just like, what's the word? Disillusionment. And like Mm. you're in work, you're like, why am I here? Like I should get paid to live. Okay. I'm thoroughly. <laughs> I, you know what? <laughs> teaching teaching is one of those. Um, it's one of those. Getting a Bible verse for Israel. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Don't you? The man don't that you. doesn't work. Anymore. When when you're a teacher, right, and you get holidays, and you still get a paycheck even though you're on holiday, it oh, makes you just so feel. Tired. <laughs> I hate when teachers complain. <laughs> I, you really when we're really not going to start no, this no, now. No, 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 no. We're, 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 we're not, we're, we're I not hate doing when this. teachers complain about holiday. Oh my goodness. They have <laughs> so much. But they work in a lot of it. They work T- for a oh, lot of it. Say it's it, true, preach it. I forgot I don't work. <laughs> Yo, trash, I'm I'm <laughs> lying. Trash, trash. Okay, I'm not trying to alienate my teachers out there. Yeah, but this is back holiday. Though. You might be getting holiday. I've been seeing teachers doing intervention on Saturday. Listen, it's wild. Easter okay. intervention. You and it's I go to the office like, on Saturday. I don't get paid overtime. <laughs> but but the but the pay for corporate when you're doing Saturday energy is not the pay for teachers when they're Honestly. doing Saturday energy. Speak yeah, truth. Relax. Speak truth. You know you just keep silent. Relax, relax, relax. Let the spirit work. (laughs) And I think there are actually studies that show when you count up every single hour and spread it over. Teachers are really living wage. Like it is really living wage. Yeah, yeah. But it's um what did I what did I see? I remember that in the my kind of my company, my manager told me at one point that somebody who used to work for him told him, Look, if I I worked out that if I check all of my hours versus my salary, I realize I get paid more if I work in McDonald's. Um the guy told him Go and work But obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Obviously, we each have our struggles, but <laughs> your struggle is not holiday. Um, yo, Gabs, what you been on? Nothing much. Work, life, living. Work, life, living. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. I've been on work, life, living too. 
I've been on work life living too. Okay, um, we'll be going to the What is with the cryptic messages? I was <laughs> one of them days, man. I'm high on high. I never know how right to now. answer that part of the question. Like, how are you? I'm, I'm fine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let's give it a What have you been up to? What's your week entailed? My week? Mm. It's, it's Monday. <laughs> my week's not started. What? My... <laughs> what have your weeks my week's entailed? My want to do diary time on since the podcast. We, since, we last, <laughs> since we last saw you. I, uh, since we last week, work life living actually like nothing too outstanding. Just cracking on. Okay, then. Cool, small, cool, small, cool. KKK here. Cool, work cool, here. cool. Well, I think we're picking up on in the quarter life crisis book by Rachel Jones. But before we do that, quick um, plug: we have released tickets for our live mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. um, Blackberry Alive show, the Gospel for Black Millennials, June fifteenth. Um, oh my goodness, sorry, really random. Reference blackish, yeah. I just rewatched an episode Juneteenth. Oh, yeah, yeah. June the 15th, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, it's not June the 15th, I think it's like June 19th, 19th or June yeah. 20th. But I was just like, Juneteenth, I was thinking in my head, could I say that? But no, um, June the 15th, but you did anyway. <laughs> Blackberry, anyway, um, oh, the gospel for black millennials. It's our second live show. Uh, we're doing it at Crypt on the Green again. If you missed right. the last live show, please, please, please yeah, yeah, don't yeah, mess yeah, up yeah. again and make sure you book a ticket <laughs> this time round. We've already sold out over half the tickets, to yeah. be honest with you guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and we only released it uh, a, right, a week and a bit ago. So, so yeah, we've not even really started yeah. plugging, plugging yet. So you might get your tickets while they're still hot. Um, and thank you else? to um, Inspire St. James's Clark and Well, who yeah. are hosting us. Um, so, for... it, was very, it was very silent between the name <laughs> and they are hosting us. I didn't understand what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I realised that Inspire St. James's Clockenwell was actually a mouthful. So I think I did, I did a mini breather. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's catch your breath. Yeah. No, yeah, but shout out to them for, for hosting us. Second year in a row. Um, but yeah, looking to be bigger, better than last time. So do come, come, bring a friend, buy a friend's ticket. Um, and yeah, and, and, we'll, and we'll get the show cracking. So... This episode, we're now speaking about quarter life crisis once again. Mm. Um, quarter life crisis once again. Yeah, we're dealing with doubt this time. Mm. Uh, it's chapter six in the book uh, by Rachel Jones, and it's yeah, doubts, 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 doubts. I guess just to just as a segue into this, I think it's quite relevant nowadays. Um, there was a Twitter thread that was going around recently uh, by Dave Gass. And it was essentially, he was essentially, I'll just to give a brief overview. He was a pastor for about 20 years, but he recently became an atheist and he essentially dropped pastor life. I think he dropped his marriage, dropped a lot of things and was just like, listen, Christianity wasn't the way for him. And when you read the thread, he essentially said, look, I had all these doubts about Christianity from ranging from things like Greek mythology to the way the canon was put together to the lack of miracles to even just like failings, a lot of failings in my reality. So Christians not living like Christians are supposed to live. His marriage being more of a struggle than he expected. Yeah, things like that. And just things not going the way he expected them to go. People dying around him was even one of the things that he suggested as an issue. Um, So yeah, how do we, I guess, first question, jumping right into things like how do, is it right for Christians to live for decades with doubts? Because he essentially said that he had some of these doubts for years, but he was just told, you know, trust and obey, have faith, and do you know what I mean? And, and all, all, all be answered. But he essentially found that wasn't the case. So yeah, like, have you guys struggled with doubts? Is doubt something that we should just wrestle with for decades? What do you think, Abby? Screw <laughs> 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 I'll go on, Israel. Let me um, get, collect my thoughts. Um, 
it's hard to imagine. I think we have to be honest that doubt is to be an expected part of the Christian's life. It's something that Christians will struggle with. Right, um, right. And I'm happy to use the same language around other sin. Um, mm. um, yeah, the, the Christian... Other sins. As in other sins. As in. So doubting is a sin? I think lack of faith. If, 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 if we're jumping straight into it. Israel, <laughs> instead, of, instead of you to provide your thoughts, instead Ooh, you're going to... They're going to come try and do hot seat me. I think... Um, I've been, yeah, because obviously when this, this episode was coming up and I've been thinking about it, if the fundamental call for the Christian is to trust God, to trust his word, um, that is what... Um, yeah, godliness in its fullest form would look like, then anything that would fall below that, um, including doubt, um, yeah, it, it is in its most explicit sense a, a, a struggling to believe God's word. A shrug- and well, you'd hope it was a struggle, like not an opting out, but like, yeah, struggling to oh. trust the word and promises mm. of God. Um, so yeah, so sin, does sin feel like a harsh word for it? Um, Israel. Uh, well, I, I ask because I, I'm trying to think of the way we talk about sin. Would we would we talk about doubt in the same sense? So, would we say that um, doubt is someone is some someone is something that someone does uh, that is a direct transgression against God? That essentially. <sighs> How do I phrase this? It's hard. It is, it, I, it's I, a like, difficult. Is it something that I, you are required to repent of? Okay, let me stop by saying I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really Psalm class doubt as sin, or at least certain. Is it something that you repent of? Certain, certain types tears. of doubts. I think, I think there's there's tears. Tears. there is there is one hundred percent tears. In I think I think there's very real tangible expressions of doubt that aren't sinful. Okay, I think and a a good way, I or not I, borrowed this from someone, Jamie Smith um, distinguishes between orthodox doubt and radical scepticism. And I think, I think of it in that sense where there are states of confusion. So you think of the Psalms where doubt shows itself in the form of essentially not knowing slash having confidence in what exactly is going on. So you mentioned the Dave Gass um thread and a lot of the things he mentioned had to do with just existential experiences of suffering and pain yeah. that lead to questions and I'm th- so I'm thinking those doubts I wouldn't want to call them sin but then I also know that there are doubts that stem more from seeking excuses or ways out of having to come properly to terms with what the gospel demands and requires of people um i i it's, it's an interesting one i think what did you say radical skepticism versus orthodox doubt. yeah orthodox doubt i'm not sure i've heard of orthodox doubt before i'm but, sure it's a word but I, I guess in my mind the way i kind of the way i kind of think through it is doubts even satan whispers in a person's ear you know mm. and can cause them in one sense to doubt the word of god as an as an as a natural reaction to what's been whispered almost if that makes sense yeah. but i think the christians it's not necessarily the arising of the thought or the 
or the or the do you know what I mean the the, the the placement of the thought in a believer's mind that in, that instinct that instantly makes it doubt um, doubt a sin or intrinsically affirms it to be a sin. But I think it's the way the Christian then goes on to handle it. Um, because it can be such that your the thought in your mind leads you to believe maybe God and his word is not true. Because at that point, once you've mm. turned your faith or your confidence away from God, suddenly you have to be, do you know what I mean? It has to be classed as some form of sinning. The moment you stop trusting settled, in the Lord. Settled, settled yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. The moment, mm. yeah, the moment you, you allow doubt mm. to... You allow doubt to reign sovereign or mm. Satan and his and his lies to reign sovereign in your heart or to take control. Or do you know what I mean? Any time that you stop, and as Gabby almost said, like as, as, as the moment you stop wrestling against it, right. then suddenly we're we're actually at the point where it's no longer doubt, but it's unbelief. Do you know what I mean? What's the di- Yeah, that's, mm. that's a good, it's interesting language, the difference. Yeah. I think so, I, so unbelief, unbelief, the moment we, doubt. the moment, yeah, yeah. If we allow settled doubts, if we define unbelief as settled doubts, then... At that point, it has to be deemed sin. But are we talking about unbelief when we talk about when we, in this conversation about doubt? Okay, so it might, it might determine what we're doubting as well. <laughs> that's yes. I'm just thinking that's a whole. There's a lot of there's a ple- there's a plethora but, of things you can yeah, you can doubt yeah. right. Like to be honest, like but I'm talking about let's say doubting specifically because I'm assuming we're talking truths. about doubts in terms of primary truths in the scriptures. yeah because if, if someone says oh I doubt this particular I don't know um, I doubt believers baptism like you know they're allowed to doubt that because yeah you know, yeah. yeah I think we're talking about the thing like because his doubts obviously accumulated and, uh, and have come yeah. to a point where he's like it's not even doubt I don't believe that God is real hmm. um, if a Christian is called to faith and Unbelief is a lack of faith, and uh, yeah, yeah. And we have we have to conclude at that kind of settled stage. Mm. Then that's sin. That's reject. That is rejection of. That's not to believe God in His words. Okay, so yeah. doubting that the word of God is actually inerrant. I'm not. Too, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm really I'm trying. Really, I'm really struggling with. I'm really trying to. You know. Do you get what I'm, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm trying to tread on. I'm trying to t- almost. I'm trying to tread. On the edge, on the, I'm trying to see what are we <laughs> defining here as, as doubt. Because I'm thinking of it as if we deny, okay, so if someone's doubting that God is, that God is triune or that Christ is God, and then that doubt settles in their mind as something that they're just, do you know I mean, they're content to live with. Surely that gets to the point where it's like. Okay, let me, let me rephrase by saying, and one, I don't, I don't. Okay, I'm I'm assuming we're talking specifically about doubt in God as a being, mm-hmm. not necessarily particular doctrines. Mm-hmm. So you. this is not to do with even view of scripture, baptism, gifts, um, not, not or God, or, God or even, like even I I think yeah, just God as as a as a being that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking of the person who. It's not necessarily inviting it, but it's like you said, genuinely struggling with it. Mm-hmm. And so they call them, they, they are saying they are Christian and they are saying that they have trusted in Christ, but they do find regular um, instances or even seasons, um, entire phases of life where they just wonder, could all of this be wrong? That kind of yeah. experience is what, I'm, what I have in my mind. Okay, so can we categorize? So you have, that's one form of doubt. Mm-hmm. We then have doubts of like maybe dare I say, cat a doctrines, 
Cat A doctrine. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm as, in, like, oh like, as, in, as in, I'm trying to say, like, I'm trying to differentiate between, for example, doubt in the belief that the scripture is actually the word of God and doubt in mm. believers' baptism. Like, I don't, I don't, oh, want, yeah, yeah, I don't okay. want us to, I don't want us to, to lump them together because I don't think they're the same. Mm-hmm. Like, dif- like, because David Gass essentially says things like thinking that the scriptures are actually derived from Greek mythology or, or believing that he doesn't actually agree with, he doesn't think the canonization, the way that the scriptures were essentially put together mm-hmm. was, he starts to have doubts about, do you know what I mean, the legitimacy of it all. Or, do you know what I mean, all of these kind of things, I want to place them separately from a doubt specifically in the existence of God. Um, possibly. Yeah, I want to put them slightly separately from their doubt, the existence in, in God. And then I also want to separate them out from the third category, which he seems to deal with, which is just this, the failing in in life, do you know what I mean? The existential realities. Um, so things like um, a failing marriage or abusive parents who are so-called Christians or finding um, what is supposedly Christian attributes outside in the world, like those kind of things or death, even the presence of death, those things that he, that he, he, he speaks on. I want to separate them out almost as a third category are is doubting based on all three of those categories, sin, on those three categories, obviously we can. There are more, hmm. but on those three categories, is it a sin or is it not a sin? Israel, because Israel's the one who's given me. Israel's looking like I'm like I'm shooting at him, um, but it was him that's given us the new one. I'm I'm gonna give an answer that's that isn't satisfactory for you, Gabby. Um, by saying <laughs> by saying by saying I don't I don't I don't I I would and you might call this um, semantics. Unbelief is sin. I don't know if I'm going to say doubt is sin okay but then another so the question present, is the how presence, do we define unbelief the presence, in contrast yeah, to the doubt and so the presence of doubt in and of itself is not sin in all of those categories i don't right? think so yeah i agree i agree with that mm. i'm not disagreeing with that i don't think I don't, Gary, no yeah we're good with the that. mere presence i of think doubt it's the settled is, yeah. it's, what's it's, unbelief it's, and by the way it's not there i say it's the willful settling of those doubts like but that's the thing, yeah. So you're, you're so we're, we're we're speaking with with, with regards to volition, human agency, yeah. yeah. Now, with regards to human volition, the willful settling of those doubts, mind you, it might be that I've just not found the the, the answer to one of my struggles right now, and I and it's been in the back of my mind for some time now. But I'm not necessarily going to say that's. You know I mean, that's sin in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's still present and that it's been there for a while, it's deep rooted now, and it's something that's even potentially affecting me. I, but I want to say that. The moment the Christian is happy with that and they stop wrestling, at that point, we can call it sin. When volitionally, a person has said, I'm actually just... Because it would naturally lead to unbelief. Right. But it w- we would well, we would call that unbelief. Yes. That, yeah. So the person has said, "Yeah, I'm actually going to accept these um, counterclaims um, to the Christian faith. Or am I going to accept... Okay. What about they say, I'm going to accept living with them? This is the other while still is, trusting in Christ. Yeah, yeah so this is the other. But, but, then, the but then it, it, it depends what category because you can say you're trusting in Christ because if that, you doubt that Christ is God. Then what? But that that because I guess I guess what I'm what I'm trying to tease out is how do we draw a we we still need to, be able to draw a line between faith and intellectual certainty with regards to Christian claims mm. that to say if if someone is saying I have doubts so like I don't know, let's say the resurrection. Mm. Um, and they're having doubts about, you know, they read an article or read a book, spoke to someone regarding, you know, first century um, 
literature and history and how do we determine the things that actually happened and they're reading all these things and they're not sure how it all lines up in terms of argumentation they've seen both sides they've read a third argument uh and they say you know i'm still not sure i can give a tangible intellectual defense for mm-hmm the historicity of the resurrection mm-hmm. but i believe but i believe and trust that christ did in spite of my doubts yeah and did resurrect even though if someone were to quiz me about it i would generally struggle mm-hmm. to give them a full old confident historical argument so yeah i wouldn't want to call that sin no, i think no, no, i because no, no, that person still rest but yeah but so if the, the person gets to the point where they're like listen the resurrection didn't happen i, I can't find no i can't find the answer i give up on find on look on seeking answers but i but i believe i give up hmm. do you get what i'm trying to say the presence of settled doubt because what i think what i just want to really hone in on and i think because I don't want any of us to leave any of the listeners, any of you guys listening in <laughs> like ambiguity here. Like Dave Gass essentially says he had some of these struggles from year eight. The guy has now been a pastor for 20 years. Mm. So this is like 30 years down the line or whatever. And he's still saying that some of these same issues that he had since year eight are the very things that are causing him to walk away now. He's still quoting them as issues now. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm saying, can the believer get to a point whereby they're saying, I'm, I've, I've given up on trying to deal with this, trying to figure out my answers to this question. It's settled in my mind now. That I, that I, I, can't. I just, I believe, is that almost there I say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Is that an, the sin of omission in the sense they're not loving the Lord their God with all their mind. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Get I get what you're trying to say. I'm, I guess I'm trying to be careful not to make it um, a... Gabby's leaning back. A, a law, <laughs> it's a okay, that's, okay. If you need a breath, just... <laughs> I guess I'm trying to be careful not to make it a law that's not actually part of... The scripture. The, of, yeah, of the <laughs> Christian faith. That What, what we're going to deal with essentially is, I think primarily intellectual in nature and i've always been curious as to how much we yeah we hold to that intellectualism because i could easily think of someone right for example who trusts god but never got a college education you know i said college education oh my days this american get out get out did you mean sixth form is that what you meant did you mean high school high school sorry go on go on israel college is he oh my <laughs> prep school lord help me um <laughs> you really said prep school okay uh, someone who never got a you know a western university level education cool and they are Met, they meet someone on you know on the sidewalk who gives them some literature. They start to wrestle with it. They don't really understand how these things work, but they believe. But they believe. Okay. Could if if they got to the place where they say, you know, I don't think I can ever understand this. Mm-hmm. Would that be sin? They, they dropped out at year eight, and they're struggling to understand how Josephus even ties in with the resurrection. Like they know it's important that <laughs> no, like, and this is for real, man. For because there is, there, okay, yeah, yeah. we we might subtly bring in a certain type of classism 
no, in yeah, terms you could, of how you we become, assume. You, come, you could become elitist here, but I want us to break it down so we know. So, yeah, so we know. Is it possible so, to live with doubts and so not be I think the language is, is... not in doubt. They're not, they're not even trying to... They've... They're they're com they're confident that they're God's com- word is true. So they right. So they believe. But I think the question is when that intellectual um, ambiguity, if you're settled with that, when that starts to chip away at your authority of scripture, which clearly is, was the case here, if you're in a place where because that's not your com- conversation, it's not really your concern, it's not going to affect your actual faith, then maybe you can have a segregation between your intellectual assent and your faith. But if they are going to interact and your intellectual assent is lacking and therefore starts to affect your Should faith you in the word of, of your God. Way to find people who can yeah. answer, who can yeah. help you. Should you find the resources you need to... Because if you can understand the issue... Yeah, that's true. If you can fully interpret... <laughs> I d- it's, it's a difficult one. I'm thinking... <laughs> it's it's one like, thing to say, I believe the Bible is God's words. It's another thing to understand, understand the, the nature of New Testament developments. But and... you have to really understand... <laughs> no, to, it, but, it, but what it I'm really asking, is. But you get what I'm trying to say. I said, if you understand the issue. So if somebody understands really what is actually at stake or the the nature of the difficulty or the problem when it comes to the New Testament canonization, then should that person essentially, if it starts to chip away at their face, should that person be under the obligation to essentially go out and seek? I didn't say find, I said seek. <laughs> And if they don't find, because I think that's that's what we're dealing with. We're not talking about the actual yeah, yeah, yeah. initial seeking. We're talking about the person yeah, who, no has one says sought, stop seeking, who has sought. <laughs> I, didn't say, who... I didn't say stop seeking, B. TK, <laughs> <laughs> you shall find when. So, no, in, no, in, no, no, no. In, so in effect, in effect, <laughs> this person could live with doubt for the rest of their life. In effect, yeah. Struggling, Struggling though. Struggling. Look at that. Jinx and that. <laughs> Touch the wood, B. <laughs> None of that witchcraft Struggling. here, please. <laughs> my, my, my. Um, uh... I think if that starts to create unbelief in you. Right, so, but, but I think when it comes to unbelief, we are in agreement. But wait, but, we're trying to, we're but, trying to, we're but, trying to but, tease but doubt, out. But doubt, the, the... doubt matured is unbelief. <laughs> doubt that matured, matured will, will result in unbelief. Give them. <laughs> doubt <laughs> matured. That's a question mark. That was a question mark. <laughs> that was a, I, doubt matured will result in unbelief? It was a question. It was a question. <laughs> <laughs> Doubt unsettled and unchecked. So we've really put Israel we'll in the up, hot seat add up, right add here. up, And you're 40 and then getting off on And then shirt. boom, you're writing Twitter threads. <laughs> I, I don't think I disagree. Okay. I'm, I'm just still, want to be more I'm still, yeah, I'm still trying to. I, you don't want to make a blanket my starting, statement. My starting place was really thinking in terms of those in the scriptures who evidenced or showed doubt and trying to tease out how we distinguish and I and I still am thinking here primarily. Um, it is interesting. People the, do, do people do show doubts all the time in the scriptures. So I think of I think of um, facts. I remember a preacher Big drawing fact. this distinction, this uh, drawing this distinction between distinguishment. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on, go on, B, go on, B. Go on, B. It's not it's my your day. Birthday. Go. Uh, between <laughs> Joseph and Job. Cool. And both experienced suffering and both are case studies in um, the Christian experience of suffering. One was able to understand through the providence of hindsight why God played it out, how, you, it, how, he, how it did. And the other never got an explanation. Mm. I am God. Um, both, um, both exercised faith, mm. still had doubt. Mm-hmm. One essentially died with no answers. Mm. Job. Yeah. So 
I'm thinking in both cases we don't we we do, we wouldn't class them as examples of doubt that led to um, settled unbelief. Interestingly, though, Job is a bit of a tricky one, isn't he? Because one of the doubts is that ultimately it causes you to doubt that God is who He is. They say that again. The doubt, the doubt that we're dealing with here is doubt that causes you to, that causes you when matured makes you essentially not believe in God, right? Mm. But Job's case, God, God essentially told him, "You're not getting no answer." B. <laughs> like it was God who told him you're not getting an answer. Um, I, 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 okay. get, I get, it's, I get it's I, a bit caveated. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. caveated, but it is. No, that's, it is. A, that's a big caveat. Yeah, it's a big one. With regards um, to Psalm, Psalm 73 is one that I find to be quite interesting just because like he's mm. literally saying, God, why is my experience yeah. not lining up with my belief system? So there's, I guess, why so, are the. So what I'm saying is that there's a form of doubt that doesn't necessitate that someone has abandoned or given up mm-hmm. or yeah relinquished yeah, yeah, yeah. so i want to be i was i want to I, I was thinking primarily in terms of that um because if that's our defining doubt then i wouldn't want to say that doubt is sin i know dave gas's um case or thread of is, is take this before you start moving psalm 73 when he's saying oh lord the wicked are prospering mm-hmm. and they're mocking you and I'm just here. Mm-hmm. This, that, the other. Like, is 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 the psalmist in sin? He says, ultimately, he has to go to the temple of the Lord to find knowledge and then says, essentially, I think, I, does he actually say, God, like, forgive me? Like, I was a brute beast. I don't remember. Like, I was, uh, you had to hold me yeah, by my was, hand. You I hold me by my there's, hand. There is that brute beast chat in there. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that brute beast chat is in there. But no, yeah, does, does he, like, does he almost have to suggest, like, God, Forgive my ignorance. Like, does that is that kind of? And that's why I think I think I hear why sin can be like a blunt word for this. I think the reason that it has some usefulness is because if it is sin, that means a space for repentance and forgiveness. Is in your doubt was um, was paid for at the cross, which I think is the helpful one of the helpful reasons to put it in that category. I'm mm-hmm. saying this while they're scrolling. So they didn't hear a word I just said. I did. Brothers, Marty Suskin. That was a real shot, you know. That was toxic. What did femininity. I say? What did I say? What did I say? So wow. she said, Israel. Uh, <laughs> toxic femininity or facts. All right. Wow. Read your passage. <laughs> wow. This is my, guys, so this is my last feature on the Black Warrior <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Gabby. Please do repeat. No, that. You, I was. Yeah. No, obviously, read, I know. Read. I know the Bible is preeminent. Read, read I, what it says. <laughs> it's important. Does he ask for forgiveness for his doubting or questioning? Yeah. So he essentially gets to the point. So it's it's a bit it's a bit hard to tell like if it's if it's actually forgiveness he's asking for because he says like when he realizes he says he goes into the sanctuary of the Lord and of of the Lord and he discerns their end. Then he says, "Truly, you have set them in slippery places." And you make them fall into ruin. How you how they are destroyed in a moment, swept away by utter tr- terrors. Da, 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 da. And then he says, um, "When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. Okay. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand." So he definitely says there, like, even though I went through this, it's never that I lost my entire faith mm-hmm. you were still always with me mm-hmm. and holding my hand guiding me through it but you know this is mm-hmm. i'm in a problematic place i was in a problem i was wrong place. i was ignorant 
Not just wrong. I was ignorant, you know. And, and I, I was brutish towards you. There is the caveat though also that his that he describes his soul as embittered. Yeah. So there yeah. that there's there wasn't merely the case of doubt, but doubt that caused him to be angry at God. Mm. I don't know if that's what we're talking about when we talk about doubt. But I think that's what we're talking but, about. That, doubt maturing. Doubt left doubt maturing will inevitably, no? result in I'm starting to feel like I should just say that there are different types of doubt I think that we, I think we can agree yeah. that category I think we can agree that different types of doubts but when they mature is it still is it still not sin this is the issue is it still like well, we're not talking about when they mature I think we agree on when they mature we're talking about when they in the initial mature. instance yeah. in the initial instance I think we can categorically say it is not sin in and of itself the existence the presence of doubt right right correct cool wow guys that was our <laughs> first question <laughs> <laughs> all right listen i'm not even trying to let's not be like too high level but let's try and get through a few more questions <laughs> uh man so what kind of common sources do you guys think or what what are the most common sources of the doubts that you guys have come across essentially like in your christian experiences like it might not be you sp- personally but it might be people you speak spoken um, to or whatnot i think it's just it has to do well primarily intellectual reasons um, why God doesn't exist. We're talking to us, you know, I think the questions like if, you know, if God is good and loving, why does evil exist? Mm-hmm. Uh, how did the Bible come about to be? How can you trust that it's God's word? Isn't it circular reasoning? Because God says it's God's word, therefore it's God's word. Um, things regarding the, how do I say it? Like the testimony of the church, hasn't the church been a tool for oppression and injustice? Mm. How can an institution that has oppressed people be an institution that claims to also um, save people and and so on? Uh, Did Jesus Christ exist? Things like that. So So all the intellectual stuff. Yeah, those those tend to be the main um, causes for doubt. And then there is just the ex- existential experiences of life. Mm. Yeah, I think that comes in with the suffering question, but more on a more heartfelt level rather than trying to find an argument. Yeah, saying, a more personal level. Yeah. To the, so it's not even phrased in terms of why is there evil in the world? It's more phrased mm. of why did this thing happen to me, yeah. to my family, yeah. all these people in this place? Mm. Like how does, you know, how can the God truly exist um, in the midst of all of that? Uh, Gabby, have you got any others? Burn. I think they're the big ones. Yeah, I think those two yeah. categories. I think it's it's interesting. It's literally the categories David Gash throws out there. <laughs> they're, the, they're the they're the ones that we're operating in. Um, have you guys actually got any specific thoughts to any of like some of the main ones that he threw out? So like similarities between uh, Greek mythology and uh, Bible. Yeah, I've let me let me jump in on that one. You can jump that, in on that one. That that one is just is just categorically not true. true. And I think and I think in 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 um in compassion towards him i think it has more to do with it serving as a um seed of questioning rather than an actual issue he had so you you might come across this in like counseling therapy psychology world that more often than not um someone will hang on to something uh as a as a unconscious avenue of addressing other issues that they actually have I think his real issues had to do with his experience in the church 
and experiencing life right and so one of the ways of making sense of that is by hanging on to things that are more tangible and material because it's hard to explain your um disillusionment when it comes to personal experiences Mm -hmm. if you're in a space where you just don't feel safe where you you feel like you've you failed and you feel like you don't belong there you want to you 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 want to cling to something that's tangible you can actually just describe with words and the whole greek mythology thing is a very describable um cause for doubt then the reason i say it's categorically not true is because although there are similarities and of course there are similarities the differences just blow all the similarities out of the, exactly. out, of the out of the park yeah um and it's you know the bible was written by humans it's a thoroughly human book so we should expect some similarities mm-hmm. john stott makes a huge case about this um in one of his books where he basically outlines the similarities between um the old testament laws and very and various laws across um religious religions like yes and, and in like china with um confucianism and he shows them thoroughly then he says now let's examine the differences and all of a sudden it's like right there were similarities but these differences are just monumental yeah, yeah. that that they really make the similarities pale in comparison mm-hmm. so of course there are similarities but the differences just make it an issue that doesn't need to be addressed um i think of the the genesis narratives for example where you literally have and there's um thousands of atheist sociologists who have said this you have the idea of a monotheist um, monotheism and transcendent both imminent god is a god that does not exist in any other religion a god who is distant and simultaneously, simultaneously close yeah. you literally have one or the other in every religion islam god is distant mm-hmm. he doesn't enter the human experience he stands apart from the human experience watching the human experience in buddhism, in, in, in buddhism, buddhism it's, god it's is imminence close. it's yeah. it's you know the, god is in the trees um, and the trees are in God, but as but in a, like it's a very imminent, present reality. But yeah, you have yourself. Yahweh, who is far, and then is in the burning bush mm-hmm. talking to Moses, who's far but comes mm-hmm. as an like it's it that those differences just make it. Yes, there are similarities, but the differences can't be explained, mm-hmm. which makes it I think just one of those questions that yeah yeah no 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 I appreciate that actually that was. That was instructive Richard to Richard his hand in worship. That was instructive <laughs> to me. Um, what about why should we believe the Bible? Like, what's the big, like... Israel, you're on a roll, man. Do a second, man. Go on. We're doing training. Training for you. <laughs> training class. You know what This is your... Uh, what do they do when you're becoming a Presbyterian pastor? They take Ordination the exams. Yeah. yeah floor, this, um, the floor exams. Yeah, they they yeah. assess you, right? On the spot. Boy. I, had, I got to watch one uh, this year. Was it, it this was year? It was fantastic, I heard. It was. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, actually, you sent through the questions, didn't you? Intense. Yeah, yeah. A straight hour of just <laughs> questions. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it was a dangerous... There, there was no. a lot of questions there. I had to, mm-hmm. I had to think through quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, why should we believe the Bible is the word from God? Uh, I think, well, there are a number of reasons um, or vantage points. First of all, it's historically reliable. Um, I think of... The, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament both have manuscripts that um, have been dated and have been shown to be accurate reflections of the times in which they occurred. Um, in the New Testament, for example, uh, you have... Luke. Yeah, and that, the book of Acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which are then corroborated, if we're talking objectively speaking, by um, Jewish historians who obviously have no stake in Christianity. It's so you might, you I, might want... I think I read... Uh, I was... 
was I reading or listening? I can't remember. But um, there was a Jewish scholar who essentially said that the book of Luke, the way he speaks about the different officials in the ranks at the different periods of time as, it, as, as the book obviously transpires, was almost equivalent to stating all of the mm. faculty in Cambridge in all of their ranks and officials as they move over a period of like 20 years or whatever. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's, it's very... It's so accurate, it's unreal. It's um, very disprovable. The way the, the New Testament is framed, the, the huge amount of detail means it's easy to disprove facts that aren't true um, and you, in the case of Luke he literally mentions times and periods and kings um, and rulers so that you can find other sources that speak about those same rulers and you find yeah. that it matches up um, and if you start there by saying okay this is uh, historical statements in in the New Testament that prove that what has been described did actually occur which is then corroborated by those who have no stake in Christianity Josephus and Philo are two famous examples then you look at the fact that these these statements and these descriptions talk about primarily at the core an event that seems to defy all human um, explanation. We're talking about the resurrection here in particular. Mm-hmm. That account, again, is very disprovable. Paul goes and says, here are all these people who've seen it. You can ask them if you're not sure in First Corinthians 15. And if it didn't occur, it would have been easy to lay that myth on the ground you had thousands not thousands other um people who claimed to be the messiah Mm. who had a few followings and they just disappeared in in moments yes and jesus christ out of all these other um, people claiming to be messiah then within literally the first 100 to 200 years becomes the majority faith it it literally defies um, human explanations, especially when you contrast it to the other Messiah claimers at the time. Um, and if that's true, then it means everything that's been said in the New Testament about the Old Testament, then by logical inference, becomes true as well. Mm. And I think just working from the New Testament gospel claims through to Jesus Christ backwards. and working backwards, it's. Yeah. If, I, if I just flip it, working forward, you've got the hundreds if not thousands of prophecies that were mm. declared in the Old Testament. Mm. Um, and the large majority of them find their fulfillment in either Christ's birth or mm. his death and resurrection. Mm. Um, it's interesting to see, again, just how those 40-something different authors in the 66 books um, are all speaking with one voice over a period of 1,500 years um, to this one message, this mm. one person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and how it, and how He is just the fulfillment of the whole of the Old Testament, yeah. Testament and not just the explicit prophecies, but the stories, the laws, mm. the types ev- and figures, the types and figures, the shadows. You start to see how Christ is just how God only God could have put together such a story, mm. and only mm. God could have fulfilled them all in one lifetime, mm. and so it's. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to see, and I think just more and more having having the idea that it was literally fifteen hundred over fifteen hundred years that those forty different authors from with different ranks and, and 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 roles and jobs and whatever and titles all working and speaking with one voice in perfect harmony on what on on every single topic in in, in relation to the Lord. And it's Savior impossible, isn't it? Really As you're talking, is, I'm like, well, that's actually it's impossible. Just, it's, just, <laughs> it's just a myth to think about it any other any other way, and like you said, mm. even the corroborations. The, the, the attestations, things like the fact that 500 mm. eyewitnesses yeah. would see Christ resurrect 
And yet we don't see one report of people saying that was a false. Do you know I mean, that was a false. Yeah. Thing. He, and that was written at a time where most of them were still alive. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about. He says go and check. Some of them are. Some of them are still oh, bopping to go church. And, yeah. <laughs> go and ask them. Yeah. 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 Go and so, ask Auntie. She saw it. <laughs> Auntie saw it. Auntie Bimbo. Um, so what's oh my. So yeah. So it's, my, it's, my, it's, my. it's mad. So, that's, so it's actually a very beautiful reality. I guess just yeah. to quickly rush through any of the others did you have any quick no. that you wanted to i can i can just quickly give i think off. it's an extensive list isn't it That's all right like, yeah mm. it's an extensive li- let me just rattle off some answers the lack of signs and wonders is because listen it depends on your interpretation of the scriptures one on how mm. how frequent you think those signs and wonders will continue in terms of the miracles but let's just say that the miracles were meant to attest to the, right. the coming of the son and the messiah the one who the lord has yeah. sent and therefore those who he commissioned also conducted themselves as his ambassadors and were validated, vindicated by and the signs wonders. I also think the idea of signs and wonders and miracles is overrated mm. as a as a proof Tell of the existence of God. It one, um we all know whether whatever faith tradition you hold or lack of or whatever, we all know that we are naturally contingent, you know, dependent creatures. If I see someone come out of the clouds now, I could easily say my eyes are de- deceiving me. Mm. I'm delusional. It's hysteria. It's, it's exactly. Um, and so, and I think there's even an atheist, uh, atheist argument or, or atheist who gave the argument that said, if that were to occur, then it's obviously more likely that it is um, a delusion, since it's such a outlandish and unreal and on um, highly improbable occurrence. It's more likely that my mind is tricking me than it actually occurred. So I, I don't, I. Not to say that people wouldn't be convinced. People were convinced mm-hmm. even in the scriptures by miracles. But, that's but it is to say that it's not, it is not like the one magic wand mm-hmm. that solves the question of many, the Christian faith. Many people saw signs and wonders and said he's not yeah. the Christ. John 6. Yeah. John 6. Like they saw him feed them five, like a so couple t- loaves of bread <laughs> from Morrison and like one, two fish. And then a few verses later, Christ says, you mm. just come to me because for bread but I'm the son of God. I came down from heaven. And they were like, oh, you came down from heaven. So was a sign. Nasty. Brother man. <laughs> Brother man. I just showed you a sign. Yeah. That's what Jesus, my Lord is too patient. But, but listen, <laughs> listen. He said the Lord ju- is too patient. Just, You're being mad. They just saw. They, it's true, it's true, it's true. <laughs> but they just saw. They just saw a sign. And yet they still asked for it. And that, that tells them, because even when, what did Christ say? Even if Solomon Gomorrah Listen, Luke 16, is it Luke 16? Um, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Mm. When the rich man goes down and he says, listen, if I can just go back and tell my brothers he says, yeah, yeah. from the grave, if I can just mm. tell my brothers, then they'll believe. Christ says, listen, even if somebody resurrects from the grave, they will not believe. Mm. What was he pointing to? His own resurrection. Listen, how many people believe nowadays? Not that many. We should really finna preach. A, <laughs> anyway, wow. next, on to the next point. Uh, and the other one, I'll, I'll actually categorize, I'll put all of these other ones together because they're all existential, but like the failings of Christians who were meant to yeah. be. Um, I think those are the real ones. That and that's why I'm keen to get onto the pastoral. Let's get onto the pastoral. So the failings of Christians, i.e. His, e.g. his abusive parents hmm. and the death of loved ones, morally upright, loving unbelievers. Because yeah. um, he was like, you don't expect to find that outside of the church but look who, mm. who there is like mm. so it was just it's just trying to see <laughs> like how do we how do we deal with those ones gabs you want to propose an answer to that no okay so so like in terms of let's say somebody tells you literally my life is crumbling yeah hmm. um 
And so I'm starting to doubt the existence of God. Mm. My marriage is failing. Mm. My parents were abusive and they were meant to be evangelical Christians. Mm. Um, I'm not meant to... Like, the death okay, okay. there's wrong. nothing you can say in this moment right here, that right now, that's not going to sound trite and quick. If someone's mm. genuinely a Christian struggling with the reality of their, their mum passing, their husband um, struggling um, in their marriage, to be like, oh yeah, uh, sin is in the world, but Christ is sufficient that's going to sound trite and simple. Really, you need to give that person time to talk, to pray, to discuss it. It's not something I'm going to be like, oh yeah, quick things on the podcast. Let me just jump on an answer and keep it moving. Mm. Um, there's no quick answer. Um, that's that's, that's, that's going to, that's going to, that's going to satisfy the, those like, oh, life is hard. Mm. Life is hard. Um, and obviously the, the, now there are answers. Let, let me not be heard to that. There are answers. We have, uniquely in Christianity we have an understanding of why the world is broken mm. um, not just in our knowledge but in our personal experience why I'm broken why I'm not what I, what I want to be why my marriage isn't what, it, what I want it to be um, we do have answers um, but there's nothing going on the podcast yet oh, trust God mm. keep it moving it's an, it's real let's keep it like that's yeah. going to sound try and undermine yeah. the reality of those experiences mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's why, I'm, that's why yeah. I'm like no that, that, <laughs> oh so you're explaining why no after all of think, that okay so, well quick, listen quick. I'll say it then well, that is a reaction. <laughs> you know I mean? But it is, but it is true. Like it's funny. It's funny. Like what the real answer to those kind of things is exactly what Gabby was saying. Will sign try, but it's not said yeah. in the isolation of a of a of a single. It's podcast. not a Bible verse and keep it moving. It's and I think Christians do do poorly when they're like, oh yeah, here's a Bible verse. I'm praying for you. I'll see you on Tuesday at Bible study. Um, mm. When we hear people in our congregations and our church families in our social circle come with real issues, I think that's we, we have to know that that's a cue to be like, okay, we need to we, let let me come alongside you in a real way. And let me weep. With and me. these things that are doctrinal truths, what does it look like to sit down with you and process them and apply them to our hearts and pray and struggle and go through together? Not like, mm. oh, God is good, sinners in the world. Hallelujah. We've got Hallelujah. doctrine. I see you at Bible study. Mm. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm hoping someone did that with him and, and like, we'll get on to, well. It, I mean, there are so many layers and different things at play with with um, questions of doubt that arise from personal experience. Because I'm thinking, for example, this this and the things that he listed in particular, they did not start, they didn't, they didn't start with um, intellectual arguments and therefore mm -hmm. they won't be solved with intellectual Precisely. arguments. Um, not that intellectual arguments don't won't are redundant. Part, They're not redundant, but they in the, they in and of themselves aren't the su uh, the solution. Um, because you can have those answers and still be like, bottom line, yeah, I'd, I'm struggling to trust. <laughs> yeah, and I think so, yeah, it shows just how much humans are made up and constituted by a, a part of us that isn't rational. Mm. That is a part of us that needs solutions that don't fit a abc logical mm. sequence um there's a part of us that just needs for example space to heal from the hurt yeah, process mm. right and I, and, and, and I, I those are the kind of questions that went through my head when i read his um thread i was thinking for example when he said that he was going through difficulties in the marriage did you have space to take a seat back, back from the from ministry and just focus on his marriage. Or do you have to preach like the, that's, next the next five weeks? Like, it, like the way that could solve so. And I, I'm speaking with a, with a low amount of knowledge, yeah. but I think I've, I'm literally I've, I've heard pastors who have said they just needed a break. A sabbatical. Burnout is real. Yeah, a, a one year sabbatical. Yeah. Focus on family. 
And then if they already come back, and it might mean that they're never ready again and just gracefully walk out of it into another phase. It yeah. w- I- the idea, yeah, pastoral ministry is not necessarily a thing that you go into and say, this is it, I'm locked for I will life. die in this pulpit. Yeah, you you <laughs> might really have been called just to serve for 10, 15 years. And then I think him being a pastor, yeah. because he was a pastor, did he have space to vocalise? Because you're like, I'm the guy that's got to keep yeah, this together. you're the one that has to <laughs> I'm be the, the guy, most I'm trying to convince everybody else. Confident. I'm trying to encourage everybody else's faith, um, which meant he... he I'm guessing there'll been times where he would have felt obliged to just mm-hmm. put a lid on his doubt, yeah. mm. keep it moving. Yeah. And obviously, like when doubt accumulates, yeah, that's where you get this like drop, this dropout, this yeah, Twitter thread. <laughs> no, 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 legit. Like on that note, actually, would it like how are you guys? Because you've started to almost help with this, but how have you guys actually dealt with some of these doubts in the past mm. that you guys have come across, or like even that you've helped people through? Like, have you got like any specific methods, principles, things that you employ, mm. guiding principles that you have to think through? Okay. Um. So yes, I think. I think doubt is more common in the Christian experience than we would Le- assume. Like to believe. Like to believe. Confess. Like to confess. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, I think, yeah, it's definitely been a, a part of, I think it's part of growing. Like you ask questions, mm-hmm. you le- like you search, you learn, you grow. It's part of, yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when it comes to assurance, I think there's, yeah, I've often struggled with doubt around that. And it's interesting. God has been kind to me in, um, in giving me a job where I have to say the gospel really regularly, if not daily, mm. and and interestingly to kids, mm. um. So when I'm sh- when I'm like, because sometimes I'm like, oh, Gabs, are you sure this is real? Mm. <laughs> I I've I put my whole life on this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my whole life is on it, you know. Oh, uh, Gabby, uh, <laughs> don't have it. Please don't break down on here, please. I'm, I'm always I'm always ready. I'm always ready. I got tissues. Don't worry, it's okay. Um, this week got a girl on the podcast. So I have I to know, walk with tissue. Um, like I've actually put my whole life That's on toxic. this thing. I've died. <laughs> so no, but boys can cry to you. We need to anyway. Boys cry let me keep talking. <laughs> like um, yeah, I put my whole life on it. I've I've, did, I've said no to things that naturally would have said yes to you. I've said yes to things that naturally would have said no to you. I've put my whole life on this thing. And sometimes I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> Is this real? Um, and especially when you've got like non-Christian family that are looking at you like, is this... Uh, is this what we set you to school to do? <laughs> now you want to come and do Bible teaching and be poor? <laughs> Sometimes mm. you're like, oh, I've put my whole life on this. Am I sure? Yeah. And at that moment, um, I talk to myself like I'm a four-year-old. <laughs> like, what is the gospel? Mm. Is God real, Gavs? Yes. Um, are you sinful? Do you know your sin? Do you know your brokenness? Very clearly. Yes. Um, did Christ take on human form and come to earth? Did he live? Did he live, Gabs? Yeah. Did he die? Yes. I think he, like, he did die. The Bible is accurate. The reports are true. He died. Did mm-hmm. he rise? Mm-hmm. Yes. When he died, why was he dying? What did he say? Is his words true? Um, and then the last question is like, are you going to trust him today? And it, it's literally like, there's no, as much as we've got theology for days, sometimes it comes down to, will you, what, Gabs, are you going to trust what Christ has said about himself today. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm happy to use the most, like, I'm for God is good. Sin is real. Christ died for sin. Trust in him. Is that, a, is that actually a song? No, but should I make one? Yeah. The other thing is that faith is a gift from God. Um, and so on a daily, on my best day when I'm full of faith, I'm like, yeah, this is true. And um, on those days, mm. I pray into future 
doubt. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, there's no, there's, there's, I, I pray for her. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I pray for. There's no doubt. We're young. Like life is gonna happen. Yeah. People I love are gonna di- are, are yeah. gonna die. Yeah. Um, I've got family that doesn't know the Lord. Mm. God for like, God forbid. But if they die in their sin, I'm naive to think that there's not gonna be a day where I'm gonna be like, when I'm gonna struggle with doubt. Mm. Um, and so daily i ask the lord lord give me give me faith in your in your word today give me grace to trust your promises today um i pray that you would sustain my faith and that you would hold mm. me until the day that i see you face to face um so i think if if yeah if because i'm convinced that faith is a gift from god i pray to him regularly for mm. it to give him to give me faith that i would need to sustain me and walk because there's no doubt jokes lol there's no doubt <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt that doubt that that, like yeah there's going to be situations in life that are going to cause me to ask those questions i'm naive to think otherwise i'm better than that it's never going to happen to me rubbish Mm. life is going to happen um and on those days i'm I'm praying that the lord will sustain me i'm praying that now i'm praying Mm. that now and i'm not gonna lie on top of that like you mentioned oh like has christ died for me has this happened has this Mm. happened but i just have to ask myself as well like to whom else can i go like this is (laughs) you have you have the words of uh, eternal life. Where are you going to go? I really reached across and hit you then. Sorry, that's a bit much. But no, it's like, yeah, it's like to whom else can I go? Yeah, what's the option? You're going to pretend that you don't know nothing? No, <laughs> <laughs> Options. Hey. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, literally, there's nothing there. <laughs> Wait, what was that reference to? you just be punching the that's air. That's a five as well. You're the sailor movement. Ah, man. Sailor hey, dance move. But, but no, yeah, there's... Like literally, there's no other options out there. Like I sit down and I say to myself, the only answer outside of Christ is nothingness, like <laughs> emptiness. Which is where no people purpose, arrive to intellectually. No purpose. Yeah. Everything just popped out of nothing. <laughs> then that there's no difference happening. between you and animals. <laughs> image like, of God is gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just here living for the now. And literally, life is. I eat, I drink, and tomorrow I die. <laughs> Um, you're, you're looking so straight-faced about like, this <laughs> like where is there to go like only Christ has the word of eternal life sounds like he's embodying Nietzsche like only, yeah, and yeah, that's only, the thing and, and that's the that's wild it. thing that's, that's where that's where if you're going to be consistent you you you, you arrive at yeah. Nietzsche energy the, the peak of the philosophy for those who are curious how, how this plays out um, Google Nietzsche the madman continue anyway yeah the peak that's a good of reference thank you philosophy um, outside of God hmm is really just to either one well you can't find the carnal man can't discern the things of god by by <laughs> the peak of philosophy apart from god completely is literally nothingness to arrive at the top and not like what you find yeah. and that's a that's a crazy that's a crazy reality we li- like yeah. to live on yeah but i thank god you know that we've arrived at a mountain where the top is like heaven you know and where we can actually you know mm. christ can Christ can give us meaning and purpose and where and and mm. I just can't I personally just can't fathom a world where this was all an accident that started out of nothing you know and and what and not, not that that would exist but that, what that would mean for your own reality yeah like that's not even I would have to live in a consistent state of cognitive mm. dissonance in order to actually <laughs> but people do in, in, in order <laughs> to actually but, no but you say people do but literally I have friends like mm. intellects who I debate with 
who have told me these kind of things and been like, yeah, I've got to this point. I've got to reconcile. Of, just of, sit there with of, that. I appreciate that everything, there's no such thing as rationality. There's no, no such thing as love. There's no such thing as any, like there's all of this is just, mm. it's just out there. There's no such thing as rationality really flew off my free up with this guy. Anyway, <laughs> but, but, but listen, but listen, we went, we went, we went like back and forth. And, and then after a while, he came up to me a few months later, I remember, and him just saying like, Richard, like it's hard for me to continue living in this kind of way. Like, cause when all is said and done, like it's nothing. Life is so empty; it's painful, you know. Mm. Um, and it's true that only the Christian can truly find meaning in life. Like, only the Christian can truly find hope. And 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 it's not meaning in life; it's meaning in Christ. Like, and that's and that's, you know, it brings me back to that verse: "To whom else can we go?" Mm. Um, yeah, but like Israel, mm. actually, on that note, like just Pastor Izzy, Pastor Iz. Um, past it is, <laughs> but anyway, no, past it is. Um, sorry, I'm gonna keep on calling you past it, Israel, but it's actually, I'm shooketh, don't worry, I'm shooketh, <laughs> Izzy, Izzy, Izzy. Um, with regards to some of these doubts, what do you kind of think, regards to the church specifically, mm. what kind of spaces do you think exist or should exist within the church to help yeah. us deal with, deal with these doubts so like let's say i'm a christian i'm a believer a new believer mm. i have i'm struggling with doubts mm. to where should i go to deal with them or should i essentially keep keep strong like i don't know um i'll start by separating out those doubts with the more existential experiences um pain and suffering um difficulty in marriage uh sort of like judgmentalism in the church and the whole legalistic structures that I think David Gass mentioned. Um, the space that the church needs to create essentially is um, actually seeking to be an embodied community that lives out um, the message of grace that's found in the gospel. Um, because I think a lot of the disillusionment that causes doubt from people who've grown up in church, been in the church, and then find themselves um, questioning the church. A lot of it comes from places where they found that the church has failed them yeah. in some respect. And so the church needs to essentially own that because the churches are humans. Like I, I think um, sometimes we can deify church and make church functionally like god like it's it's mm. like i say those human beings in the service who are sitting next to you because they've by virtue of becoming christians they've become infallible unable to make mistakes and to actually hurt people mm. they still have incredible scary capacity to hurt and in cases they do hurt and being able to own that and say part of what this community um does is that it owns its brokenness mm. and finds dependence not um finally in other humans but finally in christ as the one who is restoring and making new all that is broken mm. um, and so we need to own the fact that we are humans who still are sinful who are fallen who are broken and who hurt um and seek to constantly show and embody the the healing um wings of christ that he's extended to us mm. um, and i'm thinking so i'm thinking there with those examples that dave that dave mentioned with regards to just existential pain and and suffering mm. i think with the intellectual um doubts uh questions about history historicity um 
the existence of God, things like that. The church yeah, needs to be able to to have people who can actually respond to these questions at the same intellectual depth and not brush them aside. I think that's been one of the greatest. And I, I experienced it when I was in church um, growing up where mm. your questions weren't received and interacted with. Anything you're discouraged from overly yeah. intellectualizing. Yeah, the and yeah. in this you know, contemporary Western modern world, you are the church can't just say we're going to dismiss yeah, your it has to be a thorough mm. um engagement mm. and interaction mm. um i'm thinking of vince vitale who's like i think like second big chief in the ravi zacharias ministries group um he went to princeton for his undergrad and became mm. a christian in princeton and he said that when he became a christian he was so um convinced that he needed to interact with the biggest issues of faith that he went to Oxford and did, did his whole PhD on that one question of is if God is good, why suffering? His entire PhD thesis, all three hundred to four hundred pages of it, is on that question. Mm. That and I and obviously I'm not saying everyone drop what you're doing, get a PhD at Oxford in some no, deep no. apologetic question, but that inclination to be as honest and have as much integrity in being true to those questions so we're going to take your questions seriously and we're going to actually give you a very detailed um thoroughly worked through answer and response um it shows that it shows the person who's bringing those questions that one they actually matter mm. and two that the christian faith does have genuine um responses and answers to those questions mm. So we need to create but spaces like level, that. Yeah. Just as a clarification, they mm. need to be able to answer it at the level that the yeah. listener or yeah, the yeah, yeah. So it is. It isn't that someone comes in and says, "Hey, why uh, the church?" Here's my dissertation. Like, <laughs> but it is being saying that we need to be able yeah. to respond. That to we're people. capable if we needed to. Yeah, at, at to. the level that mm-hmm. is being questioned, we should be re- seeking to reach that level rather than trying to bring this person and say, hey, "You don't need to go up to that level. What are mm. you doing? Just you know, come down. Just make it pause. simple. Just, you don't." Like don't, and that's, it's, it's belittling, you know, if someone comes in with a very serious question, you're like, yeah, the Bible says so. And it's like, that, that puts a, that puts a duty uni- yeah. on, um, on those who like, obviously the scripture says not many wise, not many lofty. God chose the foolish things of this world to confound mm. the wise, et cetera, et cetera. But of the wise that are brought into the church, it, then, it genuinely does put like quite a, um, of those who are intellectually capable to, mm. to go out and figure mm. out and find those answers and stuff like that. It puts quite a burden, like to whom much is given, much is much is required. Like right. there is a duty for believers of, do you know I mean? Of, with We're such capable, capacities yeah. To not just- To use, steward that well. Yeah, not to, not to merely mm. like, cause it's very easy for believers who mm. are capable to go and start using their knowledge to, um, to, to, to squabble over trivial things mm. and not to actually mm. sharpen the flock, you know, or not to help a doubting believer. Um, and so I think it's I think it's I think it's really key, um, and I think also it's worth mentioning. You know, speak to your elders. Mm. Um, you know, get shepherds, get shepherding. Like, mm. if you haven't got a, a elder who can answer uh, your question, like point to, which is will be an interesting one. Point to you know, come to Pastor Izzy. Um, I'm sure we can set mm. up a, cur- a curious <laughs> cat for him um, mm. to answer some of your questions. <laughs> with think, anything, yeah. anything like a dissertation. Go on, Gab. I think I think there's a lot to be said for just um, being intentional about the culture of your church. Yeah. Um, it, it, 
for, yeah, for those of us who are mindful of, mm, of the reality that, of, of the struggles <laughs> that that we face and that we we can safely assume other people have faced, just to be a space where that's not a, a wild thing to say out loud. Mm. Um, that is that is that is not a an unusual thing for someone to be like, yeah, I'm struggling to believe this about God today. Pray for me. Um, um, yeah, to put it in the same category as all the other things that we would confess to each other and for it to be a space where like you saying that is not going to be like membership uh, discipline conversation, but you have a church culture where it's safe. It's a safe place to say, yeah. this is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't work. even, and, and for those of us who are maybe not capable of the, um, of the academic <laughs> escapades of Pastor Izzy, um yeah that's like on a this a day to day that we're we're on it be honest with your church mm. family um yeah because you're saying oh yeah i struggled with this and i'm still struggling or struggle with this and god's been kind and showing me this gives some mm. people permission to say i'm struggling and maybe we can start addressing some of those things before they become settled doubt mm. um, and collect start collecting weight and and are there any specific resources that you guys have found like helpful with regards to doubt like i know i know personally that i found um because i wasn't at a sound church initially mm. um when i started to really question things and so i found like websites like got questions mm. calm.org just listening to like websites that were often being rhino governed or relating to like some of my favorite pastors like desiring mm. god da carson you know those kind of things like the gospel coalition and whatnot like, i found those kind of websites to be really a constant source of truth mm. um for me uh, mm. Obviously, systematic theologies books as well mm. can always be helpful. But anything, any any particular reference points that you guys want to mm. flag out? There's a book I read a while ago in a one to one with yeah with a girl who was struggling with doubt called um, Doubt in Perspective by Alistair McGrath. Mm. Oh, that means it's a good book because right, Pastor Izzy gave read, me I read it in uni. <laughs> Yeah, it's, oh, one, it's okay. one of those books that, like, yeah. that's, my, that's, like, my usual okay, first go-to. Okay, private joke. I'm joking. I've got to read it. I've got to read it. Private <laughs> reading list. It's not a private joke. Yeah, it's private reading list. I'll probably read it. I'll probably read it. Uh, it's really, and the thing is, you probably could read it very quickly. It's very thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not hard work. Okay, now I actually might probably read it. <laughs> 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 um, it's under 100 pages, yeah, one of those yeah. ones. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, really helpful framework for processing and dealing with doubt in, in the life of the Christian. Any other suggestions? Uh... Well, for intellectual um, doubts, um, I'm going to go to uh, my mentor in the faith, um, Timothy J. Keller. Massive. I might even say J. <laughs> when you said J, yeah. What I is the J? What is I the J? You know, is it? You know what the J is? What's the J? I can't the remember. You know Your mentor in the faith, J. you don't know. I think it's the James. The fact you know like, there is a, a J. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, but uh, yeah, so his he has two books, Making Sense of God. Yeah. And, Fantastic book. And the second one, which is the older one? I can't remember it now. Reason? Yes, reasons. Reason for God. Or reason, reason for God. Reason for God. Mm. Um, those two, I think, are oh, very. Oh, reason for God is real popular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those yeah, are yeah. very uh, two, two very good books that address, I think, the more common questions of doubt when it comes to um, the Christian faith. Um, there's a podcast I think I could recommend. Um, by a guy called Drew Sokol. I you can see, so you're recommending non-Black Berea podcast on Black Berea, have you? <laughs> so people should go um, elsewhere. You see what Israel's hat is doing? The name of the podcast is Room for Doubt. Cool. And it's, so this, this, is, is, this guy has a very interesting story. Drew Sokol um, was a, started his, went to seminary, did teaching, or no, did teaching, went to seminary, then um, went off to LA to pastor for three years, 
and moved to New York to pastor at Redeemer. Um, and in that, in that, in his time as a pastor, um, he he essentially started to heavily doubt the Christian faith, and he had to step out of ministry because he didn't feel like he could sufficiently preach with the kind of confidence that was actually required of mm. a pastor. Yeah. Um, and he, one of one of his most memorable moments was when he was in the middle of his preaching and he was talking about, he was doing a sermon on truth. He literally paused and started asking himself in his mind, is all of this even true? Mm. And and That's that moment was for him was mm. like a deep, I need to step back. And in the moment where he felt like he almost lost his faith, he found that he, he still held on to his faith, but he's constantly still wrestling through these questions. And so he kind of created this podcast as a way of processing those questions and um, he has another parallel podcast called hinge which i would also recommend which is him and an a- and his atheist friend asking the question of who is jesus christ which is very interesting um by way of like making it very conversational and getting to the heart of the actual intellectual questions that people have mm. um his his uh podcast room for doubt i think i would recommend uh and just please, like, lean on other saints. Like, yeah. Like, just, it just has yeah. to be said, like, yeah. most of the, like, I used to, like I said, when I wasn't really attending the great church, like, I used to really glean a lot of my information mm. from, like, online and get the import from mm. YouTube sermons and stuff like that. But listen, when I finally got rooted and plugged into a healthy local church, like, mm. I've learned more from even people who wouldn't realize they've taught me anything mm. than I've learned from many of these pastors online. So please, like, get plugged into mm. local churches you know, like when you're struggling for to find zeal in the Lord, or when you're struggling to get work through doubts, lean mm. on the faith of those who ha- who have the who have the strength and who have the energy and who yeah. are willing to be, as what Gabby was saying, essentially weep with those who weep and bur- and be burdened with you and walk with you through um, your struggles. You know, it is an interdependent faith, so that's mm. that's of necessity. And to push back, not to push back. Sorry, um, to uh, add. Add to, <laughs> to, add, to add to to add to to what Richard said. You know, um, we shouldn't lean heavily on those um, podcast pastors, but we Our can find pastors. we can find great insight from them. So I'm going to recommend one, oh. um, <laughs> Scott Souls. Um, his his church has actually started a series on Christ, on questioning Christianity. The, the, that's the, literally the title of the sermon series. Mm. So if you go on on um, iTunes or or SoundCloud, I believe. Christ Presbyterian Church, um, Scott Souls, literally Soul with an S at the end. And he also has a couple of books on, I think, different, more existential questions of um, doubt. Things like, you know, the church has failed me. Why should I, um, why should I be a part of such a group? Why should I be part of a group that seems to be so judgmental, um, political tension, especially in the US where, because he's, he's based in Nashville, in, in, in the South where there's a lot of, you know, Christianity is synonymous with Republicanism, things like that. And he, so he, the three books he has that I'll, that I'll mention are, first of all, Jesus Outside the Lines. Um, he has another book called Befriend and third book called Irresistible Faith. So I think those three books would be really good in um, tackling the more existential um, questions of the church and Christianity. Mm. And I guess just to, before we close, uh, just a couple things. Both of you in your mind, think of what you would say to somebody who is struggling with a doubt right now, mm-hmm. like with doubts right now, um, who's listening to the podcast. But before we answer that, whilst you both think, um, just w- one note, one more note from Gas, Gas, not Gas, Gas Gang, David Gas. Um, 
just one more note from Dave Gass is like kind of some of the things he was espousing. One thing he actually espoused that I think is quite striking and telling is just at the end of it all, he was like, listen, I'm now free to live a more liberating life. Yeah. Like the sh- the chains are off and, you know, mm. my shackles are gone. Now I can <laughs> dance. Um, and he's, he's, he's literally, yeah, he's doing Mary Mary. But yeah, he's literally, he's literally <laughs> How ironic. Um, he's literally, but he's literally, he's literally now saying like, look, I've, I'm at liberty now that Christ is gone. When really we know who the sun sets free is free indeed. Yeah. And so like, and the truth shall set us free. So who, what do you guys, what would you guys say to somebody first, I guess, who's actually thinking, look, maybe the non-Christian journey is mm. the easier life. Mm. Two things. <coughs> the first one would be um, to doubt your doubts. Mm. Um, if you really are as contingent and as um, dependable creatures you suspect, which makes you question, then you have to question even your questions. And it's not to say that you enter this infinite loop of questioning, I'll question my questions and my questions and questions. That's not the point there. But it is to say that... You know you're frail. Yeah, that you should say, I have questions, but where really are these questions coming from? Or mm-hmm. what really are these questions trying to get at? What is what is the question behind those questions? Like, engage more actively in the process mm-hmm. um, and be mindful of what's actually going on underneath the surface questions you're presenting um, to the church, to yourself, to other people. Um, the second thing I would say is just tease, not tease, I was going to say tease back the stuff, but I was going to say step back from all the um, traditions and activities that you find yourself enclosed in and just sit down with the Gospels and watch with with piercing eyes jesus christ throughout the gospels and ask yourself if this is the kind of person you could follow mm. just a very simple question like for a moment suspend all these things about denominations and churches and traditions and expectations of the pastor if this man existed after reading matthew to john could you follow him that's all um, and i think as a as a very you know concrete starting place mm. um as c.s lewis would say mere christianity because it might be actually your issue is with traditioned Christianity as opposed to just pure grace-filled, you know, Christianity that says, I'm going to follow this man. Because that's what the gospel, when you see people captivated by Jesus Christ and following him, it was just him. They were, they, at, at that point that... Um, me, I ain't got no gimmicks. That was crap. You guys had no gimmicks. So it's me. Huh? Huh? No, no, I'm right. I'm saying like you're right. Like Christ had no gimmicks. He wasn't coming with a particular oh, kind of show. Yeah, like yeah. Loki, I thought you were trying to rap. Oh. <laughs> I ain't lie. I ain't lie. Do you know? Yeah. I was like, I ain't gonna lie. Do you know? Do you know what's mad? I called it criminal. Yeah, and then I said to myself, that's criminal. Anyway, stop. Oh my days. <laughs> oh my days. Criminal man. Yeah, but no. By the way, flashbacks. <laughs> just in the middle of the thing, just gone somewhere else, Richard. Thank you for that. He was in the middle of saying, "Point to Christ." Can you follow Christ? And now you're spitting bars. <laughs> Days. I said he didn't have any gimmicks. That's what I said. Fantastic. But yeah, and he did it. Much and, after, and you saw literally person after person, ta- tax collector, tax collector, um, lawyer, doctor, prostitute, all sorts of people. Simply saying, this person is 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 the is the person I want to follow. The person that's worthy of being followed. The person that my heart has longed for. 
and I haven't even known it all my life. Mm. That and I think t- you know tearing all the other things away and saying let me go back to the heart of that question, the very re- the very beginning of the, of the birth of Christianity as we know it, and saying is this someone I could follow? Mm. Mm-hmm. Surely you're called to examine yourself and see if you end the faith based off that though as well, right? Because the tax collectors, many who followed him, at the end of the day, Christ literally says, "You only follow me because you want more bread." Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, 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 I'm being like, just a, bread I'm, and bread. bread. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, motive like, obviously, like, motive like, plays no, a yeah, part. But, yes. but, but it's, it, it still ties back because obviously the point is that see where these doubts are coming from, mm. and then like assess them head on because when all is said and done, you need to make sure you're not trying to follow Christ for the wrong reasons, mm. right? You can't have your faith in him simply because of what he gives. And that's often what we find when um, existential realities ultimately mean that we start to fall away or we start to struggle. So when we're struggling because of life's crumbling, marriage is failing, kids are flunking, I'm I'm struggling with sin, people are dying, all those kind of things, um, church is failing me, then if you're if you're if you're solely tying it to the things that god has given you mm. and um because your job isn't going the way you expected it to go or because you haven't got as many finances as you expected then ultimately your trust is not in god himself but in mm. the gifts he gives and so ultimately you come to god for the bread he gives as opposed to christ to his bread himself and mm. so that's the that's the kind of that's what i mean when i'm saying assess mm. the root not assess and then find out oh i'm actually trusting in the gifts and not the giver and thus i should now just turn away with completely but see no if, repent then repent yeah, yeah like this is it's wrong mm. i've i've not truly valued the lord whom i claim i love i've actually only um trusted in the things that you mm. give and my love has been contingent mm. um and that's not that's not correct my love mm. should be in spite of those things i should love i should love you because you've given mm. me greater gifts than i could yeah. even begin to um yeah. fathom, right so to respond off of that very quickly um <laughs> just one last last point i will speak on um i hope is uh it reminds me of um just one of the i think and I, and this actually ties in with david gas's um concerns the fact that our motives and our intentions play a huge part in how um we conceive or think about what it is to follow jesus christ um because it's just as easy for the religious person to be lost as it is for the irreligious person to be lost we tend to think of um unbelief mm-hmm. or um not being part of the Christian faith as the person who says, I'm going to let go of all of these things and I'm going to walk away and I'm going to be liberated and live my life however I want. But the person who's in the church, who has memorized eight books of the Bible, who has 18 books of the Bible, who has you <laughs> know, <laughs> been preaching and pastoring and beating people in a sickbed can be just as lost. And the narrative of um, the parable of the prodigal son mm. and the elder son speaks clearly to that and i think mm. the most striking thing about that narrative is that when the prodigal son leaves he returns after realizing that his father has everything that he ever needed he returns before he even enters the father welcomes him back in joy and at the very end of that parable it is not the prodigal son who is outside the father's house is the elder yeah, son exactly and it ends like that it, it, yes and, that, and i think Asking it, that question. It, it ends like that on purpose because yeah. he's jesus christ is speaking to the pharisees and he's saying exactly. so you, you outside. think you're inside <laughs> the father's house you're on the outside mm-hmm. and the prodigal that you thought because they were irreligious and outside and out and and doing their own thing they're now on the inside because they've seen at the very heart that actually their father has everything they've they need they have not been blinded by their own actions and so we need to think of the christian faith as something that 
is spoken to the irreligious and the religious that just because you're doing all these you know religious activities and church life doesn't mean you have a better handle on the christian faith or on the gospel um and for the person who is irreligious in in a sense that you're not a christian um you're not a part of any christian community and you're and looking from the outside christianity doesn't look like becoming religious it doesn't look like all of a sudden oh if i'm going to become a christian i need to adopt all these activities you will do these activities but you won't do them because that's what makes you a christian mm. You'll do them out of the fact that you have been made a Christian by grace. Mm. And that order is what changes everything. Changing the heart. I do, yeah. I, I do think on his specific question of um, when he was trying to be a Christian, he felt like that was bondage. bondage. But now he's been And now he's liberated. And now he's and free. Really, now he's been liberated. It really feels like the elder As, son type narrative. And I think I think I think it's a... Uh, I think, and this is where it's that settled doubt. I think it's a narrative that Christians can quite easily fall into. Godliness can become burdensome. Um, and you start thinking about all the things that you can't do, that you wish you could do, things that you wish you, that you, that you know that you shouldn't say, that you wish you could say. Um, and I think, I, I think it's, it's naive of us to think that that's not a, a narrative that ap- appears in the lives of people that listening in our congregations um that got yeah godliness feeling burdensome how do we process that how do we consider that mm. in my own i think in my own life and my own heart um it actually took me a while to to not just know but to believe and stand in the reality that slavery to christ is freedom mm. it's so counterintuitive mm. um yes to, to obey christ is to live how I was intended to live. And that is true freedom. Dying to self is freedom. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that, does, that does not make no, sense. No, 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 I hear no it, it makes sense biblically, but like on its, on its, in its, by its nature, dying to your own desires is where you find true freedom in Christ. David's Christ is freedom, but that only makes sense in light of who God is. And so I think that's where the tears of doubt come into play. Um, if I believe... I might, I might be struggling with the burdensomeness of what what feels like the burdensomeness of godliness. But the question is, who do I believe God is? If I believe that God is good, that he is wise, that he is trustworthy, then um, to obey him makes sense. Um, to die to myself and to live to what he's called me to live to makes sense. If I'm questioning his nature... Mm. Um, well then, yeah. Why would I? Why would I die to my own desires and live to what He's called me to live to? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it it does take some processing to settle on the reality that, yes, yeah, slavery to Christ is freedom, um, and those words are provocative for us for numbers of reasons. No, no, no. Um, yeah, get you. But get you. Um, but I think if if we if we've not processed that that to live that godliness is good, um, and not just process it intellectually, but experienced it in obedience, um, then yeah, it will feel like godliness is burdensome. Because you're you're dying to yourself, but to what end? If you mm. don't trust that the one that's called you to die is calling you to die for good reason, calling you to die to live to godliness. And nobody said the road was gonna be easy, B. No. Like that's the <laughs> that's that's that, that's that's so true. Like I think it's very easy. It's for, called death to. It's interesting. God calls us to die to ourselves. Yeah, Why? It's gonna like, feel like death. It's, it's there are so many. It's <laughs> feel like, like you're dying. So many terms like it's death. You died. Pick daily. up your cross. Like take up your cross. Your it's cross heavy. is heavy. <laughs> like it's I'm like the, the the just the terminology that makes it sound like the Christians in war. Yeah. Like it's spiritual warfare. Yeah. We fight and war against principalities. And, do you know what I mean? It's not, work. Like it's it's 
not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We have to keep on putting to death the old man that rises up within us. Mm. Like this is no easy. Like this is no. This is no. This is no small business. Do you know what I mean? And so, mm. at the same time, like in when in one sense, when somebody says, "Ah, oh, rah," like turning around and and living ungodly is easier. Maybe it is. Do you know what I mean? But that doesn't mean it's. <laughs> 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 yeah, giving into sin. because your natural inclinations are to do the very things that are yeah. juxt like against God. Like mm. your natural inclination is to wave your fist in anger and not in praise and not your hands in praise. Do you know what I mean? And so, in one sense, like <laughs> it sense. is. Maybe it is. It is. <laughs> like it maybe it is yeah. like easier for that's kind of to be easier. But there's a different kind mm. of liberty that the Christian yeah. knows. Obviously, because mm. Christ says. My yoke is easy and my burden is light and I give you rest. Come to me, you who are yeah. labor, you who labor and, yeah. heavy, uh, and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Like there's a, Israel's trying to itch to say something. No. Oh, I was going to, I thought you were going to. I was going to, I mean, I am going to say something about. Are you echoing? Finish. Like you're giving me ad lids. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, but Christ says, come to me, you who, heavy laden, mm. you who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. So there's definitely a sense in which the Christian finds a rest in the Lord that they can't find anywhere else. A spiritual rest. Do you know what I mean? Uh, free from their burden, a way whereby they, even physically they learn the true what it truly means to rest mm. as well, and mm. and and those mm. kind of things. But it but it there's definitely um, in terms of like lost it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So and <laughs> last word from the Blackberry team. Okay. We, is um and it isn't and all we're saying there isn't a quasi you know prosperity gospel that says if you strive and if you work then things are going to turn out for you which i think is what he david gas experienced yeah. that oh yes it's meant to be hard i believe all these things and i'm going to work on it and then, and then all these xy's results are going to come out i'm going to have the best marriage that i can then talk about in testimony nights at this big conference mm. all these things will come out that isn't the promise. The promise is that there'll be grace upon grace for to you in the struggle. Mm. And so what you will experience is that in those moments, so you feel like, as he was saying, when you feel like I'm doing all these things and nothing is working out, that God still finds joy in you and delights in you as his child. Mm. The whole of and faith. And he is, yeah, he isn't, he isn't watching you with a scale and saying, now how much, um, how far up the ladder did you get today? Mm. That's how much I love you. He's saying, I've pulled out my love to you. And because of that unshakable um, certain love for you you can continue that fight mm. and you can actually continue mm. that um, and Christians should expect to fight until the day that they see the Lord yeah mm. it's, it's, a, it's, it's there was always going to be something to put to death always going to be something to die to mm. um, so this is something we have to brace ourselves for mm. to the day that we meet Christ and then knowing and that's part of the joy of meeting Christ that the fight is over. Mm. Um, that's part of the joy of the new creation. That, no that doubt that will no longer be a thing. Can you imagine knowing completely the love of God and, and not doubting that? Not doubting that he exists. Just being facts because he's there. Just being facts. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what it will be like when we get there. But when we are there, I know that um, I will see him as he is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I will be like him. Uh, John 1 John verse chapter 3 verse 3. Like I'll be like him. And, and whoever has this hope makes himself pure. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the... That's mm. the beauty of it all. Mm. I guess one mm. thought from me um, before we wrap up, just in terms of if anyone is actually struggling with doubts, um, just just to you specifically here, mm. um, twofold. First, externally, please make sure that you're rooted in a good Bible-believing church. Do you know, like, no matter how rooted a Christian is, if the environment isn't conducive, you actually will do harm to yourself. No matter how strong you think you are, take heed lest you fall. You need to be fed. Um, and you need the support of a faithful, true um 
loving church, a church that essentially points you to Christ in love, a church that is points you to truth, um, has big hearts as well as big heads, um, if possible, and a church that, um, yeah, just reminds you of the faithfulness of God, that God will actually keep you to the end. And then secondly, internally, um, by, nece- by necessity, Christians are to be aware and sh- must be aware of the fact that God is, by necessity, the one who created um, the darkness is of our sin really is present and it's a reality that we have to face that of the you have to be aware of the imminence of judgment of the grace found in christ and he's and he's death the emptiness of earth and the hope of heaven you know and, and once you have all of those kind of things in your mind no matter what kind of doubts tater, uh, satan might tempt you to uh, or despair and tells you of the guilt within you know upward you look and see him there christ who made an end of all your sin you know because your sinless savior died your sinless soul was counted free and Christ the just is satisfied. satisfied to look on you, to look on him, him and pardon me, me and you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, guys, this was the Black Berea team. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. Um, obviously, shout out, shout out, shout out everyone on the panel. But I'm Richard. I'm Israel. And I'm Gab. And this is Black Berea. <laughs> We'll edit that out, but obviously this is Black Maria, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>